And with that, let's bring on our favorite sideline reporter, the GOAT sideline reporter, for being honest, who asked the UCSS <laughs> question of the day to Deshaun Watson about the wool beanie during the broadcast of good. last weekend's game. Yeah. Aditi, what's up? We appreciate you. And uh, how you doing today? You know, if Jay Crawford tells me to find out why is he wearing a knit beanie, then of course I'm opening an interview with that. <laughs> Most pressing question yeah, in my friend's mind. There's, yeah, there's I don't know that it was a great answer. I mean, I, it was 86 degrees. He just said that that's his thing, and he's done that even going back to Houston. So, but it's like, so I guess Deshaun Watson's just a hipster. Well, right? it's better than the John Dorsey sweatshirt. Remember that? Yeah, oh, uh, it was true. 116 degrees, and he's out there in a sweatshirt, <laughs> yeah. basting in his own juices well, every day. The same sweatshirt. Fre oh. Freddie was the same you know, way. Freddie had that hoodie in Baltimore. I will say that, Jason. Don't you notice that Coach Mike Tomlin does this all the time? Coaches wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts yeah. and all of this gear when it's 80 something degrees out. Do they really think that they're sweating off that many pounds? No. Like it's no. that much easier than just laying off the Big Mac for a week? <laughs> See, nobody. The pizza in the office? Nobody yeah. says anything about the Haslam's penny loafers with no socks. The penny loafers with no socks. Honestly, in the I didn't middle. even notice it. Oh, you didn't? That's what rich white people do. I, I didn't. I, well, <laughs> I, I, you know what? They got enough money to go fix them corns and bunions because yeah. that will mess you all the way up. Yeah. You, if, if I wear those after one wearing, I got to throw them away. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. Gee, I don't know. That one doesn't bother me. <laughs> look, see, look, see. I, I guess, like Adam said, I see it a lot. Who yeah, yeah. See that? that you see, Didi be around a lot of rich people. <laughs> a lot of rich people. Yeah. She is. She's hopping with a lot of rich people. Yeah. <laughs> look that one. Let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's Aditi, we, we were just talking about who's most likely to be second on the Browns in receiving yards. You heard the poll results. I gave a slight edge to Elijah Moore over David Njoku, but I think it's going to be close between those two. Yeah, sure. I don't. I, Who you got? I have to tell you, I think Elijah's the number one receiver. I think he gets the most yards. Dang, bro. Look at that. And I'll tell you why. I think that. Are you drinking the Kool Aid? Yeah. No, I just. Well, I got to talk to him too, and let me tell you, he is significantly happier than he was when I talked to him week two last year and had all these high expectations. I just think that. He is more of a chess piece than people realize. It's like Kevin Stefanski keeps saying. He looks like a slot receiver, but he's not just a slot receiver. He can win outside. He can win inside. He's a guy that can be deployed in multiple different ways. And yeah. I think that a defense is far more likely to kind of hone in on an Amari Cooper or maybe even hone in on a David Njoku or really be committed to stopping the run game. And Elijah's a guy that already has this unbelievable rapport with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson very clearly already trusts him. And so someone is going to end up open or someone is going to end up guarded in a way that maybe does not fully match what he's capable of. I think that that someone is yeah. Elijah. And he's a guy that's going to take advantage of it. All right, now hang on a second, because Mikey opened the show today with asking us, is Elijah Moore the focal point of this offense? And we set him on fire and danced around the flames for asking something so nonsensical, because of course it's the quarterback. Are you telling us that we need to extinguish the flames and apologize to Michael Lucas? No, okay, of course good. not, because he's right. not the focal burn, point baby, of the burn. offense. I mean, I even, you're referring back to my Deshaun Watson interview on the sideline, and he said, I know that for years this offense has run through 24, meaning Nick Chubb, but now it's time to run through the quarterback. Even I right there was like, really? Because I would still run the offense through Nick Chubb. Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, I understand no, right. what he's saying, but the focal point of the offense is stopping Nick Chubb. I mean, seriously, even if it's Tom Brady back there at his peak, you need to stop the run first. So any defense is going to hone in on stopping Nick Chubb, if that's what you mean by focal point of an offense. If you mean what is the offense run through, then yeah, Deshaun's right. Now you've got a quarterback that you're really expecting to read the defense, to make a decision, to get you in and out of run plays, to know what is the right move to make. Yes. I'm just saying that I think if Amari Cooper right now goes into this season as wide receiver 1A, and if defenses say, all right, we need to stop Nick Chubb, but we also need to make sure that Amari Cooper doesn't beat us, well, then that leaves perhaps Elijah Moore undercovered, and Deshaun Watson's going to take advantage of that, and so is Elijah Moore. But Aditi, like most teams want to stop a team's number one wide receiver, 
but the team's number one wide receiver is a number one wide receiver for a reason. And those guys, like Elijah Moore, he's a, he's a talented kid. He's got potential, but he's he's done nothing. There's been no production from him in his first two years. So for me to believe he's going to have more yards than a guy who's been a perennial 1,000-yard receiver is a little hard to, to fathom. Okay, but let's also remember yeah. he's in a new offense with a new offensive coordinator with a new quarterback. Right. I mean, compare who are the quarterbacks that he's been playing with. Compare who is the offensive coordinator he's been with. And again, not to knock any of these guys, but he is in a system that is really set up for him to succeed. He's got immense rapport and respect for his quarterback. And I know UCSS viewers hate when I do this. But this is what happens when you cover the league at large, you bring in comparisons. Remember all those years ago when defenses were honing in on stopping Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster had a thousand yards. And Antonio Brown did have more than a thousand yards as well. He got right. his because he's a guy that could beat double and triple teams. But Juju also feasted. And when Antonio was ground, was gone, Juju didn't feast that same way. And with as much as I personally like Juju, Elijah Moore is a better, more talented, should be more productive receiver than Juju But he hasn't Schuster. been more productive to this point. Because he hasn't been here. Again, right, but, but he but might Aditi, not have been in the best fit, in the best oh, match for him. A couple of things to that. First of all, Amari Cooper's not even close to as good as Antonio Brown, though. I mean, Fair. But, and number right, two... So he's not facing double, triple teams. I mean, he just has to beat his one guy. But but number two, like, if if how come Garrett Wilson as a rookie was able to have a big year with all those crappy quarterbacks? Well, again, it's how do you use guys? This is, yeah. you know, it makes me, I'm going to use another comparison. It takes me yeah. back to when Bob McAdoo, I think, was the Giants offensive coordinator. And the Giants came into Ben McAdoo. Why do I call him Bob? Ben. Uh, because right? he was such a bad coach. He, he sucked. Yeah, but anyway. Matter. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the Steelers offensive coordinator was Todd Haley, and you had Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. And it was supposed to be the two best, young, brightest talents playing the position of wide receiver. And I remember just thinking in watching this game how Todd Haley was constantly scheming Antonio Brown open. This is very early in Antonio's career, so he wasn't like in the habit of beating triple teams and Ben throwing him the ball in ridiculous circumstances. Yeah. But he was moving Antonio all over the field in unexpected ways, using him in unexpected ways, keeping a defense on edge, and that enabled Antonio to be used, again, in a creative way. Odell Beckham Jr. was not being used that way. And it was sort of like he was always lining up in the same spot and you were just expecting him to constantly win outside. And so what I'm saying here is that I think that Elijah Moore's talents will be taken advantage of in a much more significant manner than when he was in New Jersey. All right. And Hope you're again, right. we're not seeing any of this yet because why yeah. would you see it in preseason? I just have a sense, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I'm throwing it out there. I yeah. think you shouldn't sleep on him. I actually think we're close to saying the same thing, just in different languages and different dialects. I think yeah. Aditi's a little bit higher than we were. Yeah. But I honestly, I think I know. we're pretty we think, close. I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah. I said I think he's going to have 900-something yards and six touchdowns. To me, that'd be a great Yeah, I mean, that's year. a monster year. Wouldn't you be so happy with that? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Thrilled. I have high expectations that. for him. I just don't. I just wouldn't expect him to be... I like when the garbage cans tipped I, I, over. I, I, just, yeah. cool I, don't, I just... You know, the thing with David and Joku is I, I'm not concerned about total yards with him. I want those red zone Touchdowns. catches. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I want. Yes, you, exactly. So in the red zone, I yeah. need a 95% catch percentage. Yes. And then we're going to feel good. Who cares yes. if you have 600 yards or you have 900 yards? Just catch the ball in the red zone. That's You're going point. exactly where I wanted to go. Good this point. is my little bit of a hot takey, maybe. I haven't really thought this all the way through. Are we to the point where yards don't matter anymore? Because defenses will give you all the yards you want. It's about touchdowns. So true. yards are becoming a little bit meaningless. Show me the touchdowns. Why have we heard defensive coordinators over the course of the last, what, five, seven years say, Ben, don't break, Ben, yep. don't break. Yep. They don't care if you're marching up and down the field. They just want their red zone defense to be as tough as it possibly can be. And keep keep them out of the keep them out of the end zone and that's what it is so the flip side to that of course is score the touchdowns you know like at the end of the day wouldn't you rather if you're a receiver would you rather have a thousand yards or would you rather have 15 touchdowns 
17 touchdowns. What's going to make you more in free agency? The touchdowns, because, because then your money. Because Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Tyreek Hill last year have a ton of yards and slow on touchdowns? I'd have to look that up. This is why know. we have producers, right, Mikey? This I is think, why we have producers. I, because I remember but, when were, no, listen, he had Tyreek Hill last year had an absurd amount of yards. Right. But I remember when the Browns played him, he had like three touchdowns. He had 1,700 yards and seven touchdowns on the season. I mean, yeah, seven is not like, low, but it's not what you would expect for seven. second lowest of his career. And I don't know. I'm yeah, just but curious. if you're like, a game breaker, if you're a game breaker, if you are one of the main points of your offense, don't you expect – I mean, you really should average a touchdown a game. And maybe that's one week you have the three touchdowns and one week you don't have any. Right. But I think it's very reasonable. If you are a true game-breaker, that means you break open the game. That means you score. Certainly double and figures. Double figures and touchdowns. Yeah, every time the ball is in your hands, you should have the potential to score. If you're not cashing in on that, if you're not scoring – I mean, yeah, I, I'd rather take the touchdowns. Obviously, uh, you need to get on the field, but who cares if you're methodically getting down the field? Who I'm cares if it's five yards every, you know, first down, five yards, second down, six yards, first down, four yards, second down, seven yards. Like, I don't care whether you have those chunk plays or not. I just need you to score touchdowns. It doesn't matter how it happens. I'll take them 1,700. I, I think <laughs> you guys are going. I, I Give me them 1,700. Come on over here. I, I think you guys are going over the top. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you but like, if, if Justin Jefferson gets an 80-yard completion and gets tackled into three and some slapdick tight end catches the touchdown, sure. well, okay, Jefferson fine. did all the work. But how many often does that actually happen? Sure. That happens quite 80 a bit. yard plays that well, don't maybe score. Not, maybe not 80 yard plays, but like there's there's a need for 30 yard chunk plays. Yes, that's what's been missing yeah. from the Browns and, offense. And even a play like, hey, it's fourth down and two. I catch the pass that moves the chains. That's I just I deal. just think that we're in the early phases of this evolution of the game again, where yes. how are guys going to get? That's all they care about. How am I going to get paid? I, I got you. And so I just wonder but, if we're it's sort of like baseball and bullpens and the evolution of bullpens. Are we yeah. seeing this shift? The yes. Of the, piled you on know what? Here's what I'll tell you. you winning, yeah. winning cures everything. This takes me back to Lamar Jackson's rookie year when they just weren't throwing the ball at all. And I remember having a conversation with Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree was on that team. And the wide receivers, all they did that entire first season was block. I mean, there was no catching. There were no stats. Well, they there was good. nothing for them. Well, I mean, come on. They could at least. They weren't being thrown the ball, period. They weren't even being yeah, given an fair. opportunity. And I remember Willie telling me, I was like, nobody's complaining. Nobody's whining. He's like, we get in our room and we moan and we wish we got to do what we could do. But nobody does it outside of the room, outside of the wide receiver room. He's like, we're winning. How do you argue with that? Yeah. So yeah. to your point, if the Browns can win, what are you going to do? Is Elijah Moore going to sit there? I'm saying him, but it could be anyone. Is Elijah, Amari, um, anybody, whoever, DPJ, are they going to sit here and say, well, I didn't get my 100 yards, but we're 4-0? We're 5-0? Yeah. We're 6-2? and You know, like, come on. Right. Aditi, just to accentuate your point a second ago before my question, five receivers last year had double-digit touchdowns. That's it. Um, my question for you, though, Aditi, is last time you were on, it was either last time or two times ago, you mentioned Deshaun Watson looking night and day different from how you saw him, especially up close and personal, uh, on the sidelines last season. Then you saw him again against the Eagles in the preseason game. And I know he didn't play, but are you seeing a progression in confidence even from week to week in your personal interactions with Deshaun Watson that make you feel even better about his perspective what a 2023 season? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say no? I know that was a long question right there. But no, I, of course I am. I think. Look, I, it's funny because Anthony Walker and I were having this conversation on the sideline last week, and you know that Anthony Walker is just one of those natural leaders. And when the Browns lost him last year, they lost something that went beyond his play, beyond what he gave them at linebacker, and that's just sort of this personality, energy, guy that not only gets the crowd riled up, but gets the team sort of focused, the huddle, whatever you want it to, however you want to phrase it. He's kind of like that intangible glue. And so he and I were having this conversation about how Zadarius Smith is a guy with a ton of personality. Rodney McLeod and Juan Thornhill are veterans who have won, who knows what it takes to win, and who also are strong personalities. How Shelby Harrison, um, Dalvin are both also veteran guys, professionals who can help bring younger guys along. And the piece to that 
is that it takes something off of Miles's plate. And now Miles Garrett, not that he's not a leader, he's just not a very vocal, obvious, his energy is not directed towards getting guys jacked up as they're on the field. The way that he leads is obviously through virtue of his work and his play. And so Anthony and I were having this conversation that, you know, he, Miles, can just be a little bit more comfortable being himself because some of this is off his plate. He doesn't have to try to be somebody else. All these other guys are sort of picking up the slack in this other area. In the same way, you expect Deshaun to just be better because he can just be himself. He is just more comfortable. He can just focus on what he needs to do as opposed to all the other stuff that's off the field, plus the things on the field where you're kind of the starting quarterback, but you're not really the starting quarterback. You sort of have to see to Jacoby Brissett and you want to see to Jacoby Brissett because Jacoby is such a great guy, but then you're taking over for Jacoby, but Jacoby is still established this unbelievable rapport and you're still kind of sort of trying to prove yourself and you still have your rust. All of that is gone. So now he just has this level of comfort and each week you feel more comfortable being exactly who you are. So it's a very, very long answer, but it was a long question. I'm just saying simply by virtue of all of that, you expect to see someone better. And in general, this is a guy that should be better every single week. He's more versed in the offense. He's thrown more balls. He's gotten more reps with all of his receivers and tight ends and his line. All of that, you expect to see something better. And it's reasonable to expect that. It's why coaches and teams talk about peaking late in the year as opposed to early in the year. Because you get better every single week. Aditi, what do you make of Austin Watkins uh, Jr.? Is it just a nice, cute little story? Or do you think the kid can really play? I mean, it's a great story, isn't it? The guy, you know, comes out of UAB, tries to latch on to a couple NFL teams, goes, plays in the CFL, comes back and plays for his hometown USFL team, Birmingham, doesn't really have a monster year, but wins the championship, catches enough eyes to come here and is catching everything that comes his way. It's a guy seizing an opportunity. You know, I got to talk to him after the game because he had another monster game, as you can see right there. And he just was very... I don't know like the best way to say it, but almost just calm about it. You know, I'm not focusing on making this team. I'm not focusing on who, how many receivers there are. I'm not thinking about who's a lock and who's not and who's been drafted and who, and I haven't. I'm just focusing on doing what I'm here to do, which is catch the ball, run the routes, play the game. He's a great story. I think he's going to be hard to not have make the team but i think the marquise goodwin thing you know he's a different receiver goodwin is a guy that stretches the field that's not necessarily who watkins is but it is a numbers game we haven't does jakeem grant make the team as a returner and does that affect things i don't it's interesting it's hard to disagree with the numbers that he's put up because at some point it does matter. It is production. And, you know, you heard John Harbaugh say that yesterday when people are trying to denigrate the Ravens' very, very, very long preseason win streak. Those games do matter to the guys that are trying to make a team. And those games do matter to people that are fighting for a job. And somebody who stands on the sideline in the fourth quarter, maybe the quality of play isn't the same as what you'd expect week four out of your first teamers. But the effort and the intensity and the focus is absolutely the same. If anything, it's even more because those guys are hungry. But Aditi, this is despite their- that, this, anybody discussing the streak is embarrassing themselves, and I'm crapping on it because who cares? Okay, that's how you feel. I disagree. <laughs> oh, well, let me, let me really, that, wait, 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 wait. I mean, winning is winning is winning. Like, no, it's not. Win. No, it All doesn't. Right. It doesn't matter. You think it matters? I mean, I think it matters in that they're creating a culture where they're saying every single time we go out there, every single time the ball is kicked off, it matters to us. 
I mean, does it matter that it's led to a Super Bowl? No. Does it matter that it's led to something very significant in the standings that matter? No. But it is an organizational ethos that every single snap matters. And when you're filling out the bottom of your roster, you want guys that believe every single snap matters. I think it matters to them. The Browns went 4-0 in the preseason and didn't win a damn game all year long. But that's fair. I've been trying to tell them all year, Aditi, listen, it's the process when you're trying to right. find guys. You want them to toe the line and have a process. That's how you can choose between. That's how you get out of illusion. Browns have illusion. That's mentality. like there's this Browns fan. There's this Browns fan that went nuts. I don't. I'm sorry that I don't know his name, but he kept tweeting about how the failure of the first team offense in the Commanders game to march all the way down the field and then not punch the ball in shows how Kevin Stefanski is a terrible red zone caller and blah, 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 and et cetera, et cetera. So in that instance, I don't care that they didn't punch the ball in because Nick Chubb wasn't playing, their number one running back. Jerome Ford wasn't playing, their number two running back. Joel Batonio, their starting left guard, was not playing. Jack Conklin, their starting right tackle, was not playing. It wasn't truly the ones, and it wasn't a game that mattered where they're unveiling their best plays. So for me, it was far more meaningful that the first team offense so methodically, so on point, so well marched down the field that Deshaun Watson was comfortable tucking the ball and running when he thought that was the best move, that he was making his decisions and reading the defense so quickly, all of that, all of that mattered. It didn't really matter to me that they didn't punch the ball in there. Whereas in a regular season game, it would have. So I get that piece of it. And I will give you that for the preseason. And I also think that the preseason, it was important to see what does John Kelly do with that? What does um, Felton do with that? What It's an opportunity for some other guys who are trying to make the team show whether they can cap the, cap the drive or not, in which case they couldn't. So all of that, yeah, it matters. I just, I don't know. I, it does matter to me that Cade York isn't making kicks. That well, matters. Yes, I appreciate that matters. That he's made that. every single. I appreciate that he, that Bubba Ventrone tells me that he's made every single kick at practice. Who cares? That they've streamlined his process. That his leg is so strong. All of that matters to me. Yes, but it matters to me more that when the lights are on, he just doesn't look like he looked a year ago. And I had this conversation. I had this conversation with Jay Feely, in fact, on the phone the other day. I was driving home. And we were talking about week one because we were on the call for CBS week one last year against the Panthers. And I stand on the sideline often right next to the specialists. And Cade York had a chance to go in there against the Panthers. He's a rookie. It's his first ever game. And he's got to kick this incredibly long kick to win the game. The look on his face, the all right, let's go. I'm ready to go. I think the guy didn't want the Browns to score a touchdown because he so wanted that money kick was very, very different than the way that he looked against the Eagles there at the end. And that, to me, again, I'm telling you, mental state, where you are, where your confidence is, what your comfort level is. If I'm going to tell you what matters to me about Miles Garrett and it matters to me about Deshaun Watson, of course it matters to me about Cade York. I want a kicker who feels like a gamer, who's so excited to get in there and who expects to nail the ball. I don't, you know, again, I'm not willing to give up on him because Chris Boswell went through this, I don't know, five years ago. He had a whole season of yips. The Steelers didn't give up on him, and he's been one of the, you know, top five kickers in the league since. Right, but you can't, I mean, it's tricky, though, Aditi, because he he made his first eight field goals last year, and then he went 16 of 24 the rest of the season, which is terrible, and... And then, and he looks shaky now. Could you imagine after that Carolina kick that we'd be having this discussion? But, you know. See, here's the thing. I think what happened a year ago. So, number one, I think he was overkicked a year ago. I think he kicked too much. Number two, and I've been told this by multiple people, Mm, there was too much in his head. There was too much of, in this city, you kick this way. In this weather, you kick this way. In this climate, you kick this way. In this stadium, you kick this way. In this wind, you kick like this. But in the third quarter, you kick like this. And this is a guy who is supremely talented, who just naturally has an incredibly strong leg, whose A kick is good enough. And every kicker I've ever spoken to has told me that in different climate, different weather, you make a minor adjustment. You don't have a totally different kick. So what happened is early, the guy was relying on his natural talent and what he did. Then as the season went on, 
there was a little bit too much in his head. He was thinking too much. And we all know what happens. It's paralysis by analysis. And if you're thinking, you're not doing as well of a, as good of a job if you're just out there doing. So what the Browns have done this offseason is streamlined the whole process, made everything simpler, done everything they can to give him the confidence. Your kick, your A kick is good enough. That's it. Rely on your A kick. And that's part of why I suspect, I haven't asked anyone this, but I suspect this is why competition hasn't been brought into camp. Because this is a team that completely, totally believes in this young kicker, believes in his talent. And if the issue right now is up here, why mess with what's up here yeah, but, by bringing somebody else but in? But Aditi, if he's messed up here, how do I trust him in a game? And he miss, he might cost him the whole season. I mean, he's got to kick his way out of it. What else? I don't know. I'm I, I'm not a kicking expert. Yeah, you, yeah. you guys call Feely. You should put him on, actually. I mean, he's a guy that kicked in the league for 13 years. Yeah, Jay's he's, tight with Feely. Son, you know, and Jay is a uh, – he uh, his son is a kicker at Colorado. Jay studies kickers still. Yeah. You should call him and ask him. He can, I, I don't want to talk about something that I'm not a true expert at, but he can I gotta probably tell, tell you what exactly he's doing with his kicks, right? What Cade is doing with his kicks. I remember we had a game last year, week 13, we had the game, and Jay had watched every single one of Cade's kicks since he started missing and had diagnosed basically what he did wrong on every single kick. Yeah, it, it, I got to tell you, the overthinking and too many people in his head, it all kind of sounds like bullshit because any rookie kicker, you're going to have that. When it's your first time going through it, you're going to have a lot of people. We've, we all sat here and said he needs to talk to Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson, more than anyone, can tell him how to kick in that stadium. I, it, it sounds like a bunch of excuses. Make the damn kicks. Just make Let's the go. kicks. Go, make the damn kicks. I, you know, there's a part of me too, Jason, that says that that's completely fair, right? The whole idea here is you have one job, do your job. That's it. Yeah. And whatever it takes to get out of it, do your job. And, and I've been the biggest I, I mean, New York defender. Go, I love the pick. I love yeah, it. I if just, you're that I mentally soft that you can't handle competition, I, yeah, that's I a problem. Just we're in an environment where you need to coach individuals. It's not the same thing. It's... You know, everybody's different. Everyone's motivated in different ways. You get the best out of everyone in different ways. It, it's nice and easy for me to just tell my kid, you've just got to get better grades, and that's that, period. Yeah. I don't care. Just get better grades. But you know what? He's seven. I need to sometimes be a little bit more aware of what's going to get better grades out of him. It's just it's the world we're in. Yeah. Sorry. Aditi, let's wrap it up with this. Heavy, heavy room, rumors circulating that both – this is stunning. We've heard guys asking for trades before, but never before have we heard two guys at the same time on the same team. But rumors swirling throughout football circles that both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin want to be traded now that Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback <laughs> for Tampa Bay. Here we go. Have you heard any details about this? I cannot confirm that, and that is the first time I am ever hearing that. Well, it could be because I've made it up, or maybe it's just quiet. <laughs> I don't know. You're not any better than any of these guys that just throw noodles on the wall and see if they stick. Yeah, exactly. At least I admit when I'm making up stories. Uh, it, when do you go to Kansas City? Friday. All right, you excited? are you going to get some barbecue? No, you don't eat any meat. You can't even take, like, you go to all these cool But I think we're going to a barbecue place. I need to check the menu, make sure there's something for me to eat, actually. Oh, you are going to a barbecue place? That's all they We're have. finally having our crew dinner. Joe Thomas, Chris Rose. Wow. Producer, our director. Yeah, I feel like you have to eat barbecue. you got to break your rules, I feel like, for this one day, can, no? Can, can you have barbecue vegetables? <laughs> you could Why not? I'm sure there are vegetables. By the way, this no, reminds me. Aditi, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. This reminds me of this. So my wife and I, I don't even think we were married yet. We were just engaged, I think. And we went to a, a wedding in Massachusetts. It was like a cousin of hers. And I, when we're driving up there, my father-in-law, or my soon-to-be father-in-law tells me, yeah, the reception's at a Chinese restaurant. Oh, like, you told me this story. Oh, yeah. I have? Have I told you guys this Yeah, story? keep telling it. Keep telling it. All right. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I love Chinese food. We're having the a wedding reception. Like, unlimited Chinese food. When I don't have to deal with, I, like, just people that are in the family. Beautiful. I'm going to eat tons of Chinese food. We get there. I find out it's a vegan wedding. Vegan. This is outrageous. It was one 
serving after the next of just greasy vegetables. <laughs> it was horrible. We did not we did not have a vegan wedding. Thank we did you. not have a vegetarian wedding, in fact, although it was so long ago at this point. I, I will tell you this. Do yeah. you know Sam Howell doesn't eat steak or seafood or pork? No wonder he's the, the worst only starting quarterback in the league. I dropped him off my draft. Oh, even worse than Baker in your mind? What well, was that? Uh, okay, the second. No, he's probably worse than Baker. Hang yeah. on. Two things. One, I told you before I went vegan for 14 hours. It was the hardest day of my life. <laughs> and second, I know we're going to cut, lo- cut you loose, but we've had you on for 37 minutes. We haven't even talked about contract restructuring. Oh, i got to yeah. get that in real quick. Point. What do you think about that, about the deals that they restructured? It's going to lead into our next topic and the fact that they cleared up, they, they cleared up all this cap space. Uh, is there anything in the bag or is this a move for next year? What do you think? I think that it's probably largely, it's always a smart move, right? It's always smart to be on this side of the ledger, kind of. It's probably more earmarked towards next year. I don't think they're spending a ton of money on a number three running back, but it's nice to have that flexibility. And it speaks to how smart that front office is that they do that. Now they need to find a kicker who makes his kicks. How about that? Who will be Cade York. I believe (laughs) he will make his kicks. Me, you can have all the cap space you want. Kicks. You better he have a kicker who can make a damn field goal I, I, at the end I of the game. Donovan Peoples-Jones and two second-round picks for Stephon Diggs. Would the Bills do that, or am I crazy? The Bills wouldn't do that. Of yeah, course not. Would. Of course What not. do I got to give up? The Browns don't have any first-round I mean, picks. This, like, this is like the Colts asking for a first-rounder for Jonathan Taylor. I don't get that piece at all. If you say that the position isn't valuable, then why do you think it's worth a first-rounder? Well, this is the franchise that gave up a, a first-round pick for that. For Trent Richardson. Yes, thank you. I forgot his name. Yep. So that's why they want a first-round right. bounty now on. Aditi, right. what if we offered DeWan Jones go. to Buffalo for Stephon Diggs and three first-round picks? The Browns wouldn't do it. The Browns love DeJuan Jones. The Browns wouldn't trade DeJuan Jones for Stephon Diggs and three first-rounders? I don't think the Bills would do it. I mean, that's a little bit ridiculous. I just... The first-round picks would be in 2031, 32, and 33. No, she's saying... We have conversations... Mike saying the Browns would be getting the first-round picks. DTR for Josh Allen, straight up. Who's that? I'm not... I did. I'm, hang I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm Just sorry, Didi. I'll talk to you later. These yeah. guys trip. We're out of control. Thank we'll you. See you later. <laughs> Bye, Didi. Thanks, Didi. What are you smoking? Why what do is you do this? Why do you put up with us every week? I we have know. better By things way, to do. By the way, what percentage of our fans would not trade DeJuan Jones for Stephon Diggs? 37, maybe higher. Think it's that high? We're gonna yes. put it in the chat. Put it. Put it in the chat, Anthony. Let's make. Let's make a chat poll. We'll get to that in one second. Would Earl do it? I want to know if Earl would do it. We'll let Earl answer in a sec. But before we do that. I want to tell everybody that if you're not already a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, you have two different options to join for the upcoming football season, which we are ramping up our overtime perks and tiers. You have the starters tier perk. It's $1.99 a month. They get custom emojis and loyalty badges in the chat. And then for $4.99 a month, you get overtime video daily, not Aaron Donald stats. You get coaches tier videos that's overtime, plus all your starters tiers perks, and much, much more. Uh, if you want to be a member for the football season, we'll be ramping up what we do. So make sure you check it out. Jason, you alluded to it with Aditi, but the Browns now have the most cap space in the NFL after restructuring Miles Garrett's deal a day after restructuring Joel Batonio's deal. They have $33.5 million in cap space. The Garrett deal opened up $12.5, nearly $13 million in cap space. Do you agree with Aditi that this is just a move to eventually roll that cap space over into next season? Or do you think Andrew Barry has something sneaky up his sleeve? No, I mean, there's what big move is there to make right what now? Could, what could be under his Yeah, seat? there is no big I – mean, Stephon Diggs ain't coming here. They don't have the draft capital. The Bills are trying to win. Like, you know – I'm kidding. It's, yeah, no, but, no but, yeah. but, but it's out there. They're just yeah, looking yeah, for a deal. Yeah, he's not going to trade him. So, no, but Buffalo's not – The Colts not should trade, trade Jonathan Taylor if they can get him. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that, but – yeah, certainly the Browns don't need there, – there is no big move to make. Yeah. You know, Mikey, I'll give you full credit. We were texting last night, and I hadn't really thought of this. Mike said, you know, this is one of the chamber for Aaron Donald. If Donald were to become that available. I agree. Whether it's him or somebody else, it right. gives them a lot of flexibility at the trade deadline. Yes, if something that were to happen. teams don't have. If something were to emerge, and, yes. and, you know, you can go make that move now. Otherwise, listen, when you've got a quarterback making the money that he is, and I know they already restructured him once, you have to keep playing hula hoop. Yeah, and and run the financial obstacle course with Deshaun's money the way it is, and eventually we saw it with Minnesota this year. Eventually, it catches up with you. 
Like they had to move Tomlinson because they couldn't afford to sign their draft picks. Yeah. Now, what? When does that time come for Cleveland? I don't know. But they've done a nice job at this point of kicking the can down the road and keeping their window open financially. You know, I've talked about it before. I don't know how long you can carry two guards making thirty million combined when you got a quarterback making what he makes. But for now, they're doing a really nice job of kicking that can down the road. Eventually, they have to pick up the can, but that time isn't now. By the way, Aaron Donald's not the player I want to trade for if the Rams are not good this year. Well, Baker's not on the team anymore. You can't have No, him. it's Cooper Cup. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I, I rather I, – I want Cooper well, Cup. Well, I mean, let's wait and if see the when Rams we get season, to October. Let's say Stafford's shot. He's not healthy. Let's trade for Cooper Cup. But why would the Rams do that? No, if they if they suck, I'm saying. He's even 30 if they, years old. Even if no, they no, suck. He's 30. Listen. Well, I, I'm I think they'd make Aaron Donald available before Cooper Cup, but maybe I'm wrong. Both of maybe them. I'm they wrong. Have hey, uh, okay, no, here no, we Aaron go. Aaron Donald, listen, you put Aaron Donald on the squad, then you're talking about all-time great. Gee, Cooper Cup's top five wide receiver. I mean, he's not Aaron Donald. Let's be clear. Aaron Donald might be the but best. Aaron Donald's old. Aaron Donald might really be good. the best defensive player ever to put on a jersey. Sorry, Cooper Cup. I had you in my fantasy team. Yeah. I would have stood up for you, but you got hurt last year. You help me, I help you. That's the way things roll. <laughs> You're usually with me on the offense. I'm disappointed. I, I, you know, I, I like You Cooper. take Cooper Cup, too. Yeah, I take Cooper. for both. <laughs> if the Rams suck. Give him Luke Whippler and Dewan Jones. Hey, by the way, by the way, the, 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 see, this isn't really – I know people are like, oh, this ain't nothing. McNuggets asked a good question. Yeah. Is it the fact that uh, Andrew Barry is that savvy? No. Well, I, listen. I don't be seeing. I don't be seeing the restructure game like this. Everybody's restructures. Well, well, why do the Browns? They don't restructure and go from no cap space to the most of all time. What do you mean the most? Not of most time? of all time. Not most, most, most right now. I'm the Duke. I'm, the, I'm the Duke of knee jerk. Just follow me here. <laughs> <laughs> the most this year. So they went from oh we ain't got no money to 34 million. If it was so simple, everybody would be doing it, right? Some owners don't. It costs you more money to do that. Some owners are not willing. There's nothing to do with the GM. Uh, well, I, I'm giving in. So you are saying Jimmy Haslam needs to just step up a little bit. He, he should get the, he should get a bit of the doubt. He is willing to spend some money. I'll give him that. There we, that's all I care about. Uh, the Andrew Berry gets no GM points for restructures. Oh, not really? For me. Not for me. Why, why not? Jason, you give him. You you do. I don't. You give him. Uh, you want to give him a, a penny's worth of points? I give him a penny. I mean, I'm, I'll that's give part of his I'll job. Give, I'll give the player a little bit of credit too. They have to be open to it. Absolutely, yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. affect the they they get their money though. No, I know, but still, it's if I I promise you, there's NFL players right now that refuse to restructure their contracts just because they don't care about the team or whatever. Screw them, you know. So let me ask you this: What's your grade for Andrew Berry through his, from the time he's been here till now? What's it's really grade? hard for me, yeah, because. I, I don't know about we don't know about this year's draft. I think they've made what a lot. What you know of it. now, based on the facts you have, I'd right give now. them I, uh, B minus C plus because I think that they've had to use free agency to compensate for draft mistakes. Right. So if if, if he this is a big draft class for him, if they right. hit on a lot of these guys, right, and they emerge as rookies, it goes in, in answering a lot right. of questions. And I'll tell you this: if this thing goes off the rails, he just opened a lot of cap space for the next GM. Because they're all out. Right. Everybody's getting blown out if yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. if this thing yeah. goes off the rails this year. All right, Earl gave him a B, which I thought was crazy. G gave him a C plus, I think. Yep. I gave him a C. I think you're a little nuts with the B minus. I said C plus. Are you going with C plus? I said C, B minus C plus, yeah, so like eighty percent. One C, question C, either yeah, way. Yeah, C minus. It all depends on who shows up. If if a couple of guys show up and they ball yeah. out, you'd be like, oh, right. B minus. well, we're gonna look at it again. Yeah. Six months from now, we we maybe we got them in an A minus. Maybe we got them in an F. I don't know. This, but a, as, this is a big draft class. This is huge for everybody. Yeah. This season, his job's on the line. Stefanski's job's on the line. What we think of Deshaun Watson going forward is on the line. It's all on the line for the, the whole franchise. Go ahead, Mike. So we asked the YouTube chat, simply, would you trade Dewan Jones for <laughs> Stephon Diggs? Oh, my God. Oh God. 58% said no. They would not there trade Dewan Jones for Stephon Diggs. There you go. I said 37, and you thought I was high. Holy high in number, shit. not high on smoke. You're kidding. Um, Anthony, would you like to chime in? This is still going. We have close to 200 votes now. I think, I think OBJ scarred the city. And they don't want any distractions. And with a dramatic receiver, I'm going to assume that's why most people are saying no. Oh I'm going to assume that they're all high, like high, high. I don't even know. We do I, be liking. I mean, I don't even know. High Again, we're talking about 200 people. Like that, that's. But that's indicative of maybe the bigger picture. I I hope not. 
Is anybody here? You would obviously trade Dewan Jones for Stephon Diggs. Of course. Right? Anthony, Mike, Earl, any of you guys would not make that trade, be honest. Earl, would you trade right now? If it was offered Dewan Jones for Stephon Diggs, would you make the trade? No, I know Bull is trying to be funny, but that's absolutely like like crazy. Of course you trade for Stephon Diggs. If you we have the opportunity. Yeah. So I thought it was crazy, Earl, but fifty eight percent of our audience but, but 50, said they wouldn't do it. So let me let me do some translations of yeah. uh, the Duke of Niger. The translation is they think that He's going to be a starter at some point this year. Who and, cares? Well, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> they give him a starter, and they think that he's going to be a, a, eventually an All Pro. Even if you told me Dewan Jones was going to be an All Pro right tackle, I'd still trade Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? So, no. oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, I don't know. Hold on, he's a right tackle. Hold, hold, Put a two by four there. You got Savon Diggs. So, 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 so Diggs a top five wide receiver. So I don't know. I don't know. Very many people would say if you got, a, I project him to be a left tackle. You didn't see he was getting the reps last yes last week. Finally he got, got the he reps. He got ten reps know. in practice yesterday. So them reps. And now we're doing a lot of extrapolating, but. If you ask, would you rather have an all-pro left tackle or an all-pro receiver? This was his stats last season, by the way, which would have led the Browns in all. Now, now you, if they get Stephon Diggs, if they I get, mean, are you kidding me? This yeah. guy's one of the this yeah. guy's this like is on the Hall of Fame. Track. This is nuts. If like, you get this Stephon is Diggs, yeah, this, this is, is like Dogecoin. <laughs> this this conversation is Dogecoin. I mean, it started as a joke. Somehow it like inflated the value for about twenty minutes, and then it crashed again. Fifty eight percent of our listeners. This if is you, if, if you get Stefan Diggs, I mean, I I I couldn't say the Browns are Super Bowl favorites. But they would, I, I wouldn't you take. You take this offense to a completely different level. So now, now it's like, okay, Patrick Mahomes, I'm, whatever. Now Amari Cooper is your number two receiver. Which is crazy. All right, well, with this as the baseline, Mike, do you still want us to all get our heads cut off with your other question? <sighs> we have 10 minutes no, left. Do you guys want to have some fun? You want to wreak some havoc? No, I'm done with this. I can't, okay, we I can can't skip, We can skip anymore. it. We'll, we'll save that exactly. for another day here. We'll save that for another day. I do think if... Stephon Diggs truly does want out of Buffalo, which, mind you, the report yesterday came from Stephen A. Smith, widely renowned NFL insider. We love Stephen A. There's no way the Bills are trading Stephon Diggs. I can't imagine a world where even if he pulled a James Harden, which, by the way, James Harden, during the show, has been fined $100,000 for calling Daryl Oh, by the way, you want to know something even crazier? Position for position, I guarantee you 75% of our audience would not trade Elijah Moore for him. That's probably true. Put in the chat, would you trade Elijah Moore <laughs> for Stan Diggs? We have 10 minutes. We'll, we'll do this at the very end. Uh, what are we doing? Well, come I up hate to tell you this, but they all voted no to mess with you. They'll come what up with doing? something. What are we so, doing? real quick before we move on to the last thing we have to touch on here. Mm-hmm. Are we all in agreement that unless something happens around the trade deadline, whether it's Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, someone else we're not thinking of right now, the Browns probably won't use more than $2, 3000000 million if they even use that much to any additional addition to the roster for the They won't make any. One. There's nobody who's left to pay big money to. Well, that's what I'm asking. Whether it's a trade, most likely this is just straight rollover money, correct? Right. Yes. Are we all in agreement? Jason, yeah. do you, do you yeah. agree yeah, that yeah, this yeah. probably will not be touched? Probably. If anything, maybe they bring in a kicker, but I doubt they do it, at this point. It, it all depends. It all depends on, like, we've been relatively easy, and I, I think Kosofanski is saying, look, I don't like getting people hurt. We've been relatively easy with with, with uh, injuries. If any injury happens to a big time player, Miles Garrett, right. somebody, else, they are basically saying we have the ammunition right. moving forward that we're not going to look back. We're still right. going forward as trying to do, maximize this. But year. that would have to be a trade. There's nobody in free agency left that you're spending big money on. No. Well, well no. You, but you would if you traded for them, you would have to absorb a deal. Right. right? That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. By the way, we got to talk about something else. I just happened to notice that G. Bush has 172 unread text messages. We'll get to that. Let me let me yeah. close this out real quick. We can talk about G and some other mishaps on the show, but I have one super chat to read first. Someone yeah. in the chat said, oh, I just lost. I don't know where it went anymore. But essentially, I forget who it was. Oh, it's Dog Pound Derek. Keep Jones. Trade Jedrick Wills for Diggs. Um, so that could be coming there. Steve, you're welcome for that. Secondly, we'll get to the poll results in a sec. But before we do that, Tomorrow night on WKYC, the Guardians play, and I have the email right here, the Guardians play the Dodgers, and it airs on WKYC. You can watch it right here on Channel 3. Guardians-Dodgers, it's the fifth annual give 
The broadcast starts at 7, first pitch at 7.10, so make sure you check out the Guardians who are fighting to not fall into fourth place. No, trying third. To save, trying to save their season. Oh, fourth place or third place? Third. Tigers are ready to pass them. Our Tigers did pass them? Are ready to no. pass them. Oh, yeah, So they're yeah, fighting yeah. to fall. For third, not fourth. Well, to not fall into fourth. They're in third currently. So check the them Tigers out. The pass game them? is. No, they're not in third. The Guardians. Did the Tigers pass them? That was close. It was really close. The Royals are way back. They're Tigers lost yesterday, though. Oh, the Guardians are still in second. You're yeah, right, what are you bad. talking about there? Right, I listen, what I the was... Guardians are so irrelevant to us right now, I'm not going to lie. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch the game. <laughs> Tomorrow night, the Guardians are so relevant. It's Way the only thing that's going on there, your television. <laughs> Guardians-Dodgers, 7 o'clock, 7-10 first pitch. It's the Give-A-Thon. It's on WKYC. We love that's WKYC. Fun. That is the best station in Cleveland that has the four letters WKYC in it. There's unmatched. I'll put that against anybody. Tomorrow, the Guardians for one night and one night only are relevant again for this season. Check them out on WKYC. I, I want to know if you guys behind the glass. Which he's going to do tomorrow night, by the way, I hope. Can, can tell me. Yeah, we're doing it tomorrow night. Tell me what 12 teams would be in the baseball playoffs right now if the season ended. Do you guys know? The and Orioles. The Orioles is correct, yes. The Rays. The Rays the Twins, is correct. The Rangers. The Blue Jays. Incorrect. Well, the Angels, I think, are just out of it. So I'll say the Astros. I'm the Angels are second. nine games out of it. So Astros would be the second wild card team in the, in the American League. Yeah, Blue Jays are a game out of the final wild card. Wild card. Astros are the second wild card right now. So I did good right there. You did good. Who's the last wild card in the American League right now? The Red Sox have been. No, the Mariners are on fire right now. Give me Seattle. Seattle, correct. They're Mariners a game up on Toronto and four up on Boston. Hey, are you still doing the the uh, Oakland bet? You, you know what? I went that? to Europe and forgot about forgot it. So about now it. I'm so far behind. I don't know how they've been doing. But, uh, oh, and then the National League. National League. Who are the six playoff teams in the National League? Braves. You know, sure. letting these guys help. They don't know. Do you guys have any idea who the five other National League playoff teams would be? It's the Dodgers. Braves. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are not. They're a half game out of a playoff spot right now. Uh, well, the Brewers lead the Central. That's correct. You got the three division winners right there at the moment. And the three wild card teams, it's not the Diamondbacks, Giants, it's not the Rockies. The Padres back in it? No. no. Padres are five and a half out of a wild, the third wild card. Uh, Phillies? Phillies are the top wild card team right now. Giants? Giants are the third wild card team right now. Is it your Cubs? Cubs are the second wild card team right now. Yeah, basically. But it's very close. The gap from the Cubs through the Marlins. There's five teams within two games of that those last two wild card spots. All right. Now here's what we have to do real quick. Yeah. G's text messages? No, before G's text messages, yeah. we showed this yesterday. We need live play by play. Steve, just take it and we'll just react live in the moment. Why am I Oh, I knew it. I <laughs> knew it. I knew it. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Watching you yesterday. I will spend the next three. All right, first of all, I haven't played softball in 20 years. Well, neither have I. Did you call him off? 20 years. Did no, you? I was waiting for someone to call me off. And let me tell you, when you got that much meat moving in that backwards direction like that. He got scared because that guy was the best player in the game. Yes, he should have called me off. He should have called you off. He, You're and, right. I, and I kept backing up, waiting to hear someone. He should have called you off, but he was worried because you were kind of motoring back. I knew Stephanie was behind me, too. She wasn't making that catch. I was waiting for somebody to call me off, and I started backing up. Like, you could see right there, panic is setting in. This like, guy... The first three or four steps back, I'm like, I got it. I'm like, oh, my God, it's farther than I thought. Yeah. That guy playing shortstop was the MVP. He was the best He's player. He's phenomenal. Jay Neil was Fisher. probably second. Phenomenal. And then the, kid, the guy who was pitching for, for your team was pretty good. But uh, that guy was the best player. It was, he made every play at short. I, I know exactly where panic set in on that. Yeah. And I knew I was going to drop it. Yeah. Because, like, my head started bobbling. I was like, oh, God, it's farther back than I thought. And I'm waiting to hear someone call me. And it didn't. It didn't happen. And, and I, I dropped it. And you were the only one. Of our group that struck out. I know. It was so bad. And you know what? On that pitch, it was a horrible pitch. And Jay's yeah. like, oh, that's a hard one to lay off. And he totally got in my head. And I oh, swung yeah. at a horrible 100% pitch. 100% he got in Well, head. Jason, on the, on the positive side, we do have two good videos we didn't show of you yesterday, Jason. We didn't want to give you any credit when you weren't here. <laughs> we'll give you credit. So Jason did hit a single. Here's Jason hitting a single from the game last night on Sunday. That was really an E6. 
But the most impressive play Jason made, and you guys have seen this on Twitter already, but we'll bring it up one more time, Steve, whenever you want. Oh, it's Chat. oh we were talking about this. All right, there's a lot that goes into this. That's Kling laying down the bunt. The, the, that's Jay making the field. I fired it home, but I made a bad throw. So the bat was in my way. Yeah. So I had to hook slide around the bat. And then I was afraid of, like, turf burn if yeah. I went, like, full head-on, head-first. Yeah, yeah. So I did, like, the little barrel roll to try and alleviate any yeah, sort of turf bad. burn. Everybody's making I don't fun want to hear about that turf burn. Bad. I mean, yeah, Anthony By the way, I was throwing throw you out at the plate. I rushed the throw, and I made a bad throw. But that was – and, and in my head, in my head, that slide looked much better than what the video shows. It and And it was a much farther run backwards. When I saw the video of the drop, it was like, yeah. oh, God, it really wasn't that far. <laughs> in my head, I was backpedaling like a defensive back. It was like a 10-yard backpedal. We had a great time. Though. It was awesome. It was so much fun. That field was amazing. Yeah. It was and my first time on a, it. It was a good atmosphere. Next year we got. Be, I'm playing next, next year. Next year G plays. Yeah. Earl will play. Tyvis will play. Uh, I'll get if 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 I'll get both my kids to play. And that was my son, the umpire. Right, right, right. Who didn't kick the bat out of the way? Thanks. I know. Sand. He did a nice job. We he were, did a good job. We were harassing him from the dugout. <laughs> I was on him the last two innings. I was on him on well, every play. He made us get about nine outs in the last inning. He did. Well, my son struck out. Seven times. Foul balls. <laughs> he struck out seven times, and Zan kept saying foul, foul I, which was cool. And I'm screaming, and and uh, what's his name was pitching in the last inning. Um, oh, Leon, Leon Bibb. And I'm like, make him work. <laughs> I'm like, he's old, make him work. <laughs> Leon, how old is Leon? Eighty. Harassing Leon Bibb. Seventy nine. Is he that old? Yeah, something like that. It was awesome to have him out yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and there's Bull heckling him from the dugout. <laughs> I heard you say, "I'll take his hat off. I don't care." <laughs> We're all worried about hey. Leon. And it pulls like, if he's on the field, I'll play ball. I'll take him out. I heard you. I, I wouldn't well, have really done it. <laughs> so we got there, and then Baby Bull played. Yeah. And then I saw AJ, Jason. AJ other, played. He took a line drive off As the soon as foot. I put him in, I thought I broke his foot. <laughs> and yeah. and I, I said, that's my kid. I'm willing to sacrifice yeah. his foot for a run. Dude, that ball, the ball hit his foot. On a line drive, and it was and Neil who hit it to the air. It was Fisher who hit it. Yeah, it and was it went, a I mean, it, it must have gone fifty yards to the outfield off his foot. Yeah, but then he came back and made a great stab he, at second. He did. Playing he played second. great there. He played great at second, and he pinch ran for me. Yeah, in the ninth inning, and, and I got a hit because of his running. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> you running, and I heard the foot hit behind me playing first. I'm like, there's, and I was like, oh, it's no way I was beating that one out. Look at that. Look at that athleticism. Come on now. Come on now. Look at that athleticism. He should have faked and, and you would have gone if he would have faked. I was waiting for it. I was because I thought he would turn and look at me. Yeah, I was yeah, waiting yeah. for the throw. Yeah. That's some that's some blazing athleticism right there, man. We got Tyler Savoy talking Baker and OT. Oh, Peace. Percent.